Well, we all know that there's a major, major issue going on right now in our world. And if we don't talk about it, if we don't acknowledge it, um, then we're, I don't believe we're being faithful to what God would have us to do. Israel today is at a crossroads like they've never been before. Now we know that they've had skirmish after skirmish after skirmish. I mean, Israel has been, of any people group, the one most persecuted than any for all eternity, for all time to this point. But this is different. I really believe that this is a different time because this is prophetic in nature. And we need to recognize the seriousness of this battle that they're in. I don't know how it can't be obvious to the world that how can 8 billion people be so hateful towards 20 million people? I mean, there's not even a magnitude that's even close. So why is the world so set on destroying such a small little nation? Why? The only reason is because it's satanic in its nature. This is a spiritual battle that has been set before time. We all know, we've talked about it numerous times here. This is the seed war. It began in Genesis chapter 3. And this is this is what it is. The world now knows what the battle's about. There was before a subset of people that maybe understood it. Now the battle lines have been drawn that the whole world knows. This is not this anti-Semitism isn't just a little skirmish. This is an all-out battle for the very existence of the Jewish people. Because Hamas and the whole radical Islamic world is out to destroy them and wipe them off the face of the earth. They are not out for a two-state solution. This is not a battle for some land. This is a battle to wipe them off the face of the earth. So what does that mean to us? It means it's a time to stand up. Stand up for our brothers in Christ. Even though we're, we're not Jewish and we, the, the Christian church has never replaced the Jewish church, the Jewish faith, the Jewish religion, they are still the apple of God's eye and we still pray for the peace of Jerusalem. So today, I, I want to, again, I want to show you a little video today. I, I think it's important. This, there's a good message in this message from Jimmy Evans and uh, Michelle Bachman. And at the end of it, there's really a good challenge for all of us that we're going to talk about and how we can act for America and for the world. So um, let's listen to this video again today. And um, we'll get back to normal preaching if that's what we want <laughs> in a week or two. But I think this is a time right now that's critical. And I think this message here it will help us understand more how we pray for Israel. Welcome to the Tipping Point Show. I'm Jimmy Evans. I'm honored today to have joining me on the show former Minnesota Congresswoman Michelle Bachman. She currently serves as the dean of the Robertson School of Government at Regent University. Michelle is a champion for the nation of Israel, and she is joining me today to talk about what's happening in Israel right now and also to talk about a major issue with the World Health Organization. Michelle, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Jimmy. It's always great to be with you. Well, you too. And, you know, uh, you're a champion for Israel. Uh, I see you on the ads for, you know, the Christians and Jews and what a wonderful organization that is. But you you lived over there. I mean, you lived in a kibbutz. Is that right? Yeah. I did. Yes. I, I graduated from high school. And the next day I went to live and work at Kibbutz Beri and Beersheba. And a lot of your 
viewers have seen the tragedy that it was one of the first kibbutzes wow. that the terrorists hit and there's video footage of them coming up with their ak-47s yeah. and just mowing people down in cards and it's terrible many hostages are from kibbutz Beri. it's one of the oldest the kibbutz was started actually just before israel the modern jewish state declared their nationhood so it's been in operation over 75 years it's about a thousand people they were known for their agriculture products they were also known for their printing industry and when i went i went to work as the lowest level person there was. I was picking weeds in a cotton field <laughs> and working in the dining room. So, uh, but, but it taught me so much. It's when I really understood that Israel is home for all believers. Yeah. Israel is home. And this identification that we have with Israel that God talks about in the Bible, it comes so real when you go there. And so I'm just grateful to have had that chance so many years ago in the early 1970s to live there. And then I returned in 2016 and I was in the dining room with little children. I went into their classroom. I spent time with them and I've just been weeping over those children. They would have been about 12 or 13 years old now. And so I wondered how many of them have been impacted. And so it's very personal for me. Oh, that's just shocking. So when you lived there, Michelle, was the Gaza in the hands of Israel or in the hands of the Palestinians? Well, good question. Israel, Gaza has been in the hands of Israel really since the modern Jewish state for 75 years. Um, they have had effective control over that region. There were various skirmishes, but when I was there in 74, we would take an old school bus and just drive a couple miles to get to the Mediterranean Sea to body surf in the water. And so the Palestinians were right there and we would just easily have access, just drive over and uh, the people didn't bother us. The people were sweet. We talked to the local people. But then Islamic supremacist elements came in, Hamas, and they kept whipping people up into this hatred of Jew frenzy to the point where Israel was forced to erect a fence and then a wall just to protect themselves. It wasn't from incursions from Jews going into Gaza. It was just the opposite. It was from rockets and incursions and knife attacks and gun attacks coming from Islamic supremacists into Israel. So it just kept growing to the point when 2005, Israeli citizens were actually tired of sacrificing their sons and daughters to try and keep the peace in Gaza. And so they thought, you know, let's just give them the land. And that's what Israel did in 2005. They gave the land over to Gaza And instead of taking the best real estate in the Arab world and make something out of it, they really prostituted themselves to the Iranians, and they gave that land as a staging ground for terror from Iran against the Jewish people. And we saw this on October 7th, this act of genocide, which is the foreign policy of Iran. Iran's foreign policy is the complete genocide and annihilation of the Jewish people in the land of Israel. That's it. And their proxies live in Gaza and their proxies live in southern Lebanon and in Syria doing their bidding and doing their work. And that's where the world is now. We have moral clarity. We see good and evil. We see right and wrong. 
And at this point, there is no question this is an unprovoked terror attack meant to bring about the Jewish, the genocide of the Jewish people. And so that's really the world's question. Will we stand with the innocent people of Israel or will we stand with the terrorists right. who aren't done? This was stage one for them. They won't be done until they kill every Jew and move them out of Israel. So that's their goal. That's where they want to go. So the United States needs to get this right. And I'm very upset about what I've seen coming out of the Biden administration, because the Biden administration with Secretary of State Blinken, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan and President Biden are making all the wrong moves and sending all the wrong signals. They're embracing Qatar which is a foreign terrorist uh, um, supporter. And Qatar is the host to Hamas. Yes. All of these very wealthy heads of Hamas, they've been made wealthy by us, as a matter of fact. They live in Qatar. That's where they planned this battle, was in Qatar. And instead, our nation is embracing Qatar, and we're pushing Netanyahu right now to um, hold back. And not eradicate Hamas out of Gaza, because Gaza is Hamas. Hamas is Gaza. And Qatar is the financer for all of this. Well, you know, the uh, Biden administration is calling for the creation of a Palestinian state. And so you were talking about making all the wrong moves. Uh, And they would be forced to give up East Jerusalem and the West Bank, you know, in addition to already giving up Gaza. And so that, that would be from a, from a foreign policy perspective, Michelle, just kind of give your perspective on what would happen if, cause ultimately we know the end of the story and that is there's going to be Armageddon and they're going to march against Israel to try to force them out of the land. But, but from a foreign policy perspective, just give, give your opinion like, what do you think is going to happen in the weeks and months to come related to the pressure on Israel to give up more land? Well, the United States continues the pressure that they're putting on Israel right now, and that's don't go in, don't have, don't take out Hamas. Um, if Benjamin Netanyahu and the unity government agree to that, that will bring about the demise of Israel. Because right. the, if the pressure goes on for uh, Judea and Samaria to be handed over in some sort of a state, it would be a terror state. It would be the Islamic state. That's, that's right. what we're seeing in Gaza. That's the Islamic State in Gaza. We would see the same thing in Judea, Samaria, what they call the West Bank. You had this; it'd be a squeeze motion because on the on the uh, west side you've got Gaza. On the east side you have Judea, Samaria. That's a squeeze with that little bit of the 1947. Right boundaries that would be left for Israel. It'd be a suicide pact. Israel knows they could never agree to this. But again, Jimmy, it's important that your viewers understand this. Who did Joe Biden have in charge of his Middle East policy? Who did he have in charge of his Israel policy? It was Robert Malley. Robert Malley is a pro-Iranian advocate and has been forever and a big anti-Semite. That's who was in charge of the policy. He came to light that he was passing classified information to the Iranians. 
the guy who's in charge in the Biden White House. And even worse, he put pro-Iranian individuals, actual Iranians, in positions of decision-making at our U.S. State Department. Wow. The question is, are these people still in these positions? Are they still calling the shots? That's who was running U.S. policy. Malley lost his position because it came out that he actually was involved in this transfer of classified information, but then we found out it was even worse, that he put pro-Iranian individuals calling the shots in our U.S. State Department. That's how corrupt our position is, and this is what we know biblically, that you have shared so beautifully, Jimmy, to your audience, is this. When nations and individuals curse Israel, the nations and individuals are cursed. That's right. When we bless Israel's nations and individuals, we are blessed. Maybe in part the reason the United States is suffering so much right now is because of the cursing that's come out from our official policy toward Israel. And so we should never impress upon the Israelis that they have to stand by. It sounds good, quote, humanitarian assistance, whether it's from the U.N. or the U.S. or the E.U. The E.U. just announced this morning they're the biggest funder of the Palestinians. They announced this morning that they're going to triple their humanitarian relief. Okay, sounds great. But guess what happens? Egypt is saying, no way, we're not letting the Palestinians out of Hamas, out of Gaza. They're agreeing with Hamas. Jordan says, no way, we're not taking any of these refugees. Right. If no one takes these refugees, then these become human shields that Hamas uses. Yeah. And they will parade them on CNN cameras for the world to see. And then Israel will be condemned. We have no way of knowing where the food or the water or any of the relief is going. Because Gaza has Hamas. Hamas is Gaza. These people, the Palestinians, need to be released out of the southern border at Rafah, at Egypt. They need to be released. And they need to be sheltered in an Arab country until this conflict is over. That's real humanitarian relief. And then we can send water, food, assistance to these 2 million Palestinians wherever they go. But we can't, we are effectively resupplying Hamas. When we send trucks in, when we send trucks that won't be um, investigated, that won't be searched, they aren't going to be searched. So when these trucks go in, they'll probably have munitions, armaments, supplies, and even the trucks will be used against the Israeli defense forces. So the absolute wrong measures are being taken by the Biden administration right now. And that's why those of us who are believers in the United States, we have to pray. We have to pray and and ask the Lord that our government would come into alignment with God's word and bless Israel and stop the cursing that we're currently doing in the United States. That's exactly right, Michelle, and that's very well spoken. Iran is behind all of this. They're the puppet master, Hamas, Hezbollah, all of those. They're just proxies for Iran. Now, they're they're enriching uranium, and they're doing it, and they're masters. I mean, the the Iranians are masters at deceiving people around them. And the uh, International Atomic Energy Agency has tried to keep tabs on the progress the Iranians are making in enriching uranium, and they've done a terrible job. The Iranians have taken the cameras out. They have defied them. 
In its last report, the Iranians are enriching uranium at 80%, which is almost weapons grade. I, I read a report on Sunday that said that they could be three to four weeks away from getting fissile material uh, that basically make a dirty bomb. And they have a, a hypersonic missile that can reach Israel in 400 seconds. So what is your perspective? My, my perspective is... Um, at some point in time, Israel has to preemptively strike Iran. I don't know how they cannot take care of that. They, they struck Iraq. They struck Syria from plutonium plant there. And so do, do you think at some point in time that Israel has to preemptively strike Iran? Or what do you think is going to happen? Well, unfortunately, the Obama administration stopped Israel from a preemptive strike. We could have dealt with this a long time ago because, remember, it must have been about eight, nine years ago, the Ayatollah of Iran wrote a book, and it said, we will annihilate Israel in 25 years. If history has taught us anything, it's when a madman speaks, you listen no to what they're saying. So they they absolutely intend to annihilate Israel. Again, when he wrote that book, about eight, nine years have lapsed. We now have 16 years to go before they believe they'll see completion. And you're right. They're very far along. Um, they have uh, hidden silos. They have yeah. put their nuclear plants under mountains that are impenetrable. It's a very difficult place for Israel. For Israel to do a preemptive strike, they essentially have to have tacit permission from the United States because you need to have yeah. staging ground. You need to yeah. have bases. But I was in the, served in the United States Congress on the Intelligence Committee when all of a sudden we were learning information from the New York Times. And it appeared that the Obama administration was outing Israel and saying, oh, Israel's going to use um, an air base in Azerbaijan. That's where they're going to stage. That's where they're going to do their pre- preemptive strike. Israel would have done the world a huge favor. But the Obama administration constantly undermined Israel. Because remember, this was the, what we are seeing right now, Jimmy, is the actual effect of Barack Obama's foreign policy. He said he wanted Iran to become a regional power. With the with the efforts of the Biden administration to essentially defeat Israel right now and to uh, pick up Hamas and make sure that they eventually win in this effort and push um, Netanyahu out of office, what will ultimately happen is that Iran will have that little period of time to do their enriching so that they will get to the weapons yeah. grade level. They'll have the nuclear weapon. Once they have the nuclear weapon, this is one thing you can take to the bank. Iran will use it. They won't be like other nations that have nuclear weapons who have the brains not to use them. Iran is completely different. They are madmen. They will use the nuclear weapon, they will use it against Israel. But again, prophetically, the, the Bible says that people in Israel will be will think that all is lost, all hope is lost, that, that everything is done. And But God will save them. God will yeah. deliver them. But yeah. nonetheless, our administration in the United States is putting us in a position of cursing. That's the sure. point. Sure. Should they do a preemptive strike, Israel? Well, Israel has a lot on its hands right now with their western border, with Hamas, with their northern border, with Lebanon and Syria. They're in a world of hurt right now, and you've got the East you tripling its support for Hamas and the United States rendering aid and comfort to Hamas. So when we're doing that, Israel's in a very difficult place 
And then to expect them to go out and do a preemptive strike against Iran is unrealistic. It's just that they can't do it without our help. We've got a lot of the okay. um, satellite overhead architecture that they would depend upon to have something like that be successful. The most successful thing that Israel has is something that uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu said to me in a foreign policy meeting that I had with him in his private offices in Jerusalem, and it was this. He said, Michelle, our foreign policy is miracles. It's been true for all of time. It's wow. true now. And it will be true forever. Israel understands, at least through Prime Minister Netanyahu, they must depend upon the strong right arm of a holy God. That is Israel's deliverer. And I'm sorry to say that the United States administration is not putting the United States in a place of blessing. Far from it. Just the opposite. 180 degrees different. The Biden administration, by using the colloquial term humanitarian relief, is actually protecting and creating a safe space for Hamas and Iran because Iran, Hamas, these terrorists, they're all one in the same. And he's creating a safe space for the supply lines so that Iran can achieve their objective, which is the annihilation of the Jewish state. Absolutely. Well, thank you for your perspective on all that because, you know, you know so much about that and you're able to articulate it in a manner that helps people understand this is a very, very serious situation that's going on in Israel. And, and from my perspective, it doesn't look like it's ramping down. It looks like it's ramping up. The, You're right. The rhetoric and all that. So let's talk about the World Health Organization. Now, yeah. uh, you and I were on Daystar together and you were talking about the World Health Organization. This is something that is so Alarming, And this has been going on for quite a while. Can I bring us up to date about what's happening with World Health Organization? Sure. Uh, well, I, I attended the annual meeting, the World Health Assembly in Geneva, Switzerland, in 2023. So it was the end of May 2023. And any of your listeners can view the meetings. They're available at who.int, and it's the 76th World Health Assembly. And just go and click on the videos for the afternoon roundtable meetings. And there you will see the heads of the WHO laying out the timeline, the strategy, and the content of what they want to do. And this is it, bottom line. They introduced 307 amendments to the international health rules and a proposed global pandemic treaty. They will synthesize these documents. They plan to meet back in Geneva in May of 2024. There, if no nation objects to the new document, it will be automatically adopted. And what will the document say? It will say that 190 three member states who are part of the United Nations World Health Organization, that's the face of the healthcare arm of the United Nations, all 193 nations will voluntarily give up their national sovereignty over healthcare decision making. So public health emergencies of international concern would no longer be um, announced by the individual nation states they would be announced by the WHO. So the acting general of the WHO would have the power over all 193 nations on earth. They would have the power to issue a lockdown for all nations. They would have the power to say that we have to wear masking again. They would have the power to close down churches, to close down businesses, to close down schools. They would have the power to mandate vaccines. So that's the level of international 
power and control. And Jimmy, effectively, what they would be given when the nations agree to do this, they will be creating a platform for global governance, for one world government. That's why that's important to your viewers, because the nations are about to create a platform for global governance. And Jimmy, this has been headed by the aggressive tactics of the Biden administration. This was their idea. They're leading the charge. And when I was in Geneva in May, there wasn't one nation that opposed this. Our Health and Human Services Secretary, Xavier Becerra, was there. And he was saying, we're all on board. We are in agreement. The climates are. John Kerry was there. We're all on board. We're all in agreement. They were tweeting big support for handing over our national sovereignty on health care decision-making to the United Nations. As someone who believes that every word of the Bible is true, I saw what this meant biblically, prophetically, what this meant to the whole world, but particularly to the United States. And that's why I'm so grateful that Joni Lamb at Daystar was able to give a platform to believers so that they could see what the Biden administration is trying to do. And so I'm thankful to be with you today on your show so that believers know this is actively going forward. And unless we stop this, some nation has to stop this. So, Jimmy, I know people from other nations watch you. So it doesn't have to be the United States that stops it, although we wish it would be. But other nations could register um, disagreement. We don't want to do this. So small countries might be able to at least slow this down, if not stop it. Yeah. So we have to have nations register disagreement before May of 2024. And also, don't think, oh, well, this is a treaty. This will come before the U.S. Senate. No, the Biden administration doesn't see this as a treaty. The U.N. doesn't see this as a treaty. They see this as just changing the international health rules. So unless there's registered disagreement from the United States government or some other of the 193 governments, this is just going to pass through. And go through. That's what's going to happen. So we are calling on believers to pray and ask that the Lord would move on the hearts of some countries to disagree and stop this so that global government will not be created. Because that's what this will do. This will create global government once for all. Well, Michelle, the World Health Organization is lockstep with China during the pandemic. The last pandemic, China was controlling them. Uh, in, yes. in the decision. Isn't that true? Yes, yes, 100% it's true. Uh, the biggest contributor to the WHO is the United States of America. Bill Gates is the second largest contributor to the WHO. But China is the neck that turns the head of the WHO. So China calls all the shots. And China, of course, is a nation that surveils all of its system, its citizens. And this is what would happen if this goes through. We would all be surveilled. We'd be under surveillance. We would come under censorship. Essentially, our lives would be parallel to what the lives are of people in China today. We would come under total control, surveillance, censorship, Our economy would be hampered. That would be the future of our world. No one wants that in the United States. No No one wants that. Well, for the first time, that's why this is imperative. For the first time in American history, there would be an entity outside of the government of elected officials that could take control of our government. 
Yes, in in essence, you'd see the end of our experiment in self-government in the United States. That's what this does, Jimmy. This hands the reins and controls of government over to an external, international, global governance entity. Well, so the people can talk to their, obviously, their congressmen, their senators. and senators. And tell them this is important. So you're a former congresswoman, so they just contact them and just write, write them an email, write them a letter and just tell them that they're concerned? That's right. And tell them we're demanding that you get the United States out of the World Health Organization. President Trump did. He filed all the paperwork with the U.N. to get the United States out of the World Health Organization. That would have defeated this effort completely, 100%. And he was on the way to doing that, but then President Trump didn't return to the White House. On the first day in office, President Biden put the United States government back into the World Health Organization. So whether your viewers have a Republican representative or a Democrat representative, it doesn't matter. Contact your senators, your U.S. senators and your members of Congress and tell them, get the United States out of the World Health Organization. I don't want to see the United States go into this global governance that's being planned next May at the World Health Assembly. Well, it's, it's the Antichrist system. It's just you're, yes, you're the seeing the beginning. Well, the World Economic Forum is another sinister organization that wants to take control of the world. Uh, and, and President Biden is a disciple of Klaus Schwab, very involved in the World Economic Forum. And this gets into kind of a conspiracy thing. But Bill Gates is on the record, and the World Economic Forum, they're on the record, is stating that the uh, global population needs to be decreased. There's too many people, and they, they want to decrease the population. Well... One of the ways you could do that in a very sinister way is to mandate vaccines. You know, if there was a vaccine and, you know, the COVID vaccine has been, you know, accused of a lot of things and the deaths of a lot of people. But the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, those organizations and their ideologies coming together and taking control of the governments of the world, it would be a dark day for the world uh, in the innocent people of the world for our futures and destinies be controlled by people like that. Well, and it, li- it takes away people's freedom. The, all we've ever known, Jimmy, every day of our life when we woke up, we knew that we lived in a free country, and we knew that the United States was the economic and military superpower of the world. All of that rebalancing is changing right now. And if these uh, global governance people have their way, they'll reach their dream as soon as May of 2024. It, t- it will take a while to implement. Uh, they passed an amendment last year at the World Health Assembly that they would speed up the time for actual implementation of any changes to the international health rules. Wow. Formerly, it was about 18 months. Now they've reduced it down to six to 10 months. So they want to actually put this into place. So, you know, presumably by 2025, early 2025, we would be in the global governance system. Wow. Michelle, I want to thank you so much. You're so busy, and you're the dean of the Robertson School of Government there at Regent University, and you've got so much going on. I want to thank you for taking your time to be with me today. Is there anything else you want to share with the audience before we go? Sure. I, I, I think people shouldn't give up hope. I mean, the things that I have said today are very difficult to hear. We shouldn't be discouraged. We, we need to read the word. We need to obey the word and love the Lord. More than anything, we need to pray. 
We hosted 40 days of prayer and fasting here at Regent University. It's our third year to do it. We ended on Yom Kippur. And it was less than two weeks later that we saw the tragedy happening in Israel. And at first I thought, we just had 40 days of prayer and fasting. And then I realized, we just had 40 days of prayer and fasting. I'm grateful we're back at it again. And so we need to understand it is the, it is God, the God of Israel who is the strong man here. He is the strong man. He hasn't changed. He's the same. And so we cry out to him for Israel's deliverance and we cry out to him for our country. We cannot be overcome by a discouragement. We come, we overcome evil by doing good. And so that's what each one of us has to do. Pray every day. And then overcome evil by doing good. And Jimmy, you and your show and your viewers are doing that. They're doing good. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me today. You're such a champion for Israel, but you're also a champion for the truth. What you've done as a congresswoman, now what you're doing at Regent University, wherever you go, you're always so encouraging. You know, and you see so many leaders today, you want to just shake them because they're so compromised. And when I see you, it gives me hope that there are people out there that stand up for the truth and stand up for God in such a wonderful way. So thank you so much for taking your time to be with us today. You're a great man. Thank you. And thank you to all your viewers. Keep praying. God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. You know, I know this is a, this is a, a, a tough message to hear, um, because we see it happening uh, right around us. And, but you know, um, if this, if there was only one of these things happening right now, I could write it off as, you know what, we've had troubles all of our life and, you know, we're going to have more troubles and all the things. But, you know, everything's coming together right now. The HO, the WHO doing this, setting up the one world government, the tax on, on Israel right now, uh, all, you know, the, the, just the evil in our society with the LGBTQ world and all the things. I mean, it's just absolutely evil personified. And is telling us that really we are in the end days. And, you know, so here's the thing. I, I don't want to alarm people. And I know, in fact, I was just at a, a pastor's thing down in, in, uh, in uh, Novi this week, a uh, five hour synergy. And I was with a bunch of other AG pastors. And I want, I want to be careful how I state this because this is not true for everybody, but I was at the table at lunch talking about this, kind of getting a temperature of what these other pastors are doing in their churches. And you know, when the comment was made, well, they've, Israel has had skirmishes forever. So this is really not a big deal. And I thought, wait, wait, wait. Are you serious? Is this is what you're thinking? This is what you're telling your people? That it's, a, it's just another skirmish? Do you not see really what's going on in the world? And so, and I'm not saying all the church, and I'm not even sure if that's what he meant, but it really alarmed me to think that we could be having uh, many, many churches and, and pastors, religious leaders asleep. And, and here's the deal. Um, I go back to my athletic days playing baseball, softball. I was a shortstop. You know, and here's the thing. At every play, you had to be ready. You had to be ready because you didn't know what the pitch was going to deliver, right? So whether or not, you know, I mean, and, and a ready position for a shortstop was you're down in your position and you got your glove on the ground and you're ready because you don't know which pitch is going to be hit to you. And probably most pitches weren't. Most times it went to somebody else or there's a strikeout. And so your ready position was, but not wasted. So what does that mean for us? We need to be ready. We need to be ready because we don't know what the end day is going to be for our own life. And shame on us if we're sitting back on our, on our heels 
spiritually thinking that, oh, we've got lots of time. Things are going to be like this forever. It's not changing. I'm telling you, it's changing before our eyes. This is all about evangelism, isn't it? It's all about getting part of the ready stance that we have is being proactive with our message and not being ashamed of it and not thinking like, oh, well, people are going to see us as fanatical. They're going to see us as being overreactive. Uh, you know, here's a deal for <laughs> Rip's going to a funeral this afternoon, right? That man was too young to die probably in his own right. But, you know, his day came and when it came, it, it, it comes. And for all of us, and so that ready position is not just for the rapture, it's for our life. And if we're not living in a ready position, then, then we're, 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 we're not doing right. So here's the thing. This is not depressing. I don't want anybody to be depressed right now. I don't want anybody to walk out feeling like this with a heavy, with your head hung low. This is a time where we look up because our redemption draweth nigh. This is an encouragement. Now, if we didn't have Christ in our heart, and if we didn't have the hope of eternity, then be depressed. <laughs> if you've got nothing in your life, if Jesus isn't in your life, then you have every right to be depressed and scared because there's nothing good coming out of it by the world standards. But as a believer, we have everything to look forward to. Amen? Yeah. I want to show you one other thing real quick. I know it's 5 to 12, but, you know, we had some, we have an opportunity to take action. Uh, when I went down um, to that um, Liberty Pastors Conference, I met this woman, uh, Bridgette Gabrielle. This is her website that she's done. And this is talking about how we can contact our senators and our congressmen and different issues going on. So I want to just share it with you real quick because I want you all to sign up on it. Here's a – put your handies out for me, please. There's a – you go to this website, actforamerica.org. And I'm going to show you what it is. I'm going to show how easy it is to operate. I got to go back here and operate it in the computer. So watch the screen. Don't watch me. Don't mind the man behind the screen. Okay. So what you do is you get on this website and you go to that website that I just talked about and you go to the create a new tab, account tab. And I'm not going to do it because it takes too long to do it. I've already signed up on this. And so I'm just going to show you what it does. So when you go to that create new, uh, a new account tab, you enter your email address and your first and last name, and then you just follow the instructions and it'll show you how to do it. And then once you get on it, now you can go down to national campaigns and state campaigns and all these things. And they, this organization has done all the work that we don't have to read, reinvent the wheel. They've already um, identified many of the um, issues um, going on. I mean, if you look at the national uh, campaigns, investigate Michigan, ban ESG, protect the kids from drag se- uh, sexual shows, stop taxpayer-funded border issues, and big, tens- big tech censorship, and on and on and on it goes. But I want to show you how easy this is to operate. So I'm going to go and I'm going to search for the who. We're going to go to, it's right here. Okay, take action on defund the World Health Organization. Okay, so I'm going to click on that tab and defund and exit the WHO. So now this is how we can do this. We hit the Take Action tab, and I've already got everything signed up here. I've actually got, this is my wife's system because I've already done it on my own, and uh, so I can't do it on, I can't do it again on mine, but I'm going to do it on hers. And I'm going to, and this is all self-explanatory. You'll, walk, you'll work through it. So now this will tell you all the people that you're going to email, these little green checks, they're emailing all of these senators, all these congressmen, all of these people in, in, our, in our government who's concerned with this, right? And this is all the people. They're, they're going to, you're going to get your email. 
So I hit confirm, and this is what the email says. Dear Representative, as a U.S. citizen, I do not consent to the USA WHO membership status or the signing of the unauthorized WHO Zero Draft Health Treaty. I'm adding my name to the over 8.3 million African-American constituents that have called for the defunding and exit of the World Health Organization this past year. So it goes on and on to describe what's going on. And what and they write this all for you. And at the end, there's Chris Way's name. And I hit confirm. And I click one, click sign. And boom, she's done it. She's emailed all those representatives that email. Um, and then you can go on even further. You can You could go back and you could open it in Facebook and you could post it to Facebook. Or you could tweet them, or you could even call them. And here's the phone number. And if you do call them, there is a script at the bottom. If I can get to it. There's a script, suggested call, that if you do call them, you can just read this script. So it's all done for you. It's that easy to do. And then you can go back and you can go from from issue to issue to issue, from state issues to other monthly, other national issues. And obviously you can donate to them because they need money. But it's that simple to do. Um, they've had millions of people already on the site. And um, so it's very well organized and very well done. And so here's the thing. we This is a tool for all of us to use to make our voices count. And I know that you've heard people say in the past, write your congressman, write your letters. People don't do it because it takes too much work. You gotta find the emails, you gotta find their addresses, you don't do it. This simplifies it all. So if you're computer savvy at all, this is easy to do, go onto that website, create your account, and then get busy. And just start sending emails to all, uh, all these different issues. Be aggressive and take action and pray. This is what we can do. This is, you might not think we're, we can do much. Look at us. We're a small body. We're small. But you know what? It's what it takes to do things like this to make a difference in the world. Amen? So this is why I thought this was important today because this, this was crucial. Getting the, stopping the World Health Organization from taking our national rights away from us is very serious. And we need to do that amongst many other things. So I want to give one more thing. We've had an opportunity to help people in Israel, um, we have a donor that has g- given us money here from our, our church to uh, go to a Israeli person. And we've done that and given us some substantial money. Um, and you know what, guys, this is personal now because this, this is coming home to us. We have the opportunity to help. And let me just just to read just a little bit of. The, the text message of the person that we helped and how thankful he was for this revenue that was sent to him, this money that was sent to him. Um, he says, thank you. I got your, your money. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Endless thanks to the family that has helped. Last week, this person spent over $8,000 from their personal earnings for tactical gear and logistical equipment to send to the front line for Israel's fighting. we now begun the plan... For the, uh, the planning for the next stage to reinfer, reinforce home fronts and families of refugees and survivors. Um, thank you. It means a lot to all of us. Thank you for letting us know that we're not alone. Can you imagine how alone these people feel? I mean, think of it. You're sitting in your home, and all of a sudden somebody barges in and starts shooting. And then they start ripping people from you, your children, and taking them hostage. 
Guys, we can't even empathize with that. We have no idea how to even think about that because we are so protected in northern Michigan and in our country that this is really happening around the world. So we just need to keep helping people. Um, He gives a little inside update on the situation there that the 5,000 terrorists crossed from Gaza on October 7th. About 1,700 were killed on, on Israeli soil by Israelis that were armed. So nothing wrong with having guns in your home <laughs> because they were able to protect some. So there were about 1,700 killed, about 1,200 crossed back to Gaza of the, of the, of the terrorists. About 2,100 stayed in Israel, and they don't know where they're at. Um, so there's suspicion that most of the 2,100 are extremely and highly trained operatives, instructors, and heads of terror cells. And we don't know what and when to expect another problem. And the reality is, guys, they're in America. We've had an open border in, down south for how many million, or not, how many thousands, hundreds of thousands of people have come across, millions. We have no idea who they are, what, well, what the sleeper cells are in America. So get ready to defend. Get ready to do the things we have to do. And then be encouraged. <laughs> I don't know. I know this sounds heavy. <laughs> be encouraged. <laughs> Seriously, look up our redemption draweth nigh. This is not a time to walk out discouraged and, and, and burdened. But it's a time to walk out. You know something? You're born for a time such as this. You're born to, for a time such as... You didn't have to be born in 2023 and be here, but God appointed you to be here. So let's do something. As a small little church as we are, let's do something because God has appointed us to be here for the times that we're in. So you have a role, you have a purpose. Part of it is coming back in on the first two Wednesdays in November. Remember, we've got uh, Ralph Rebant coming in. Encourage to bring friends. Bring your friends. Let's make these two Wednesday nights, the first two Wednesdays in, 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 in November to be successful as we continue to talk about how we can be effective in our culture. Amen? Everybody good? Anybody ready to fire me yet? Stand. There you go. Fire up. That's right. Amen. Stand with me, if you will. And Jackie, we're just wanting, we want him to sing. We're just going to pray right now. We're just going to send us off with a, with a charge of, uh, of encouragement. And let's just uh, do what we're asked to do. Father, we just thank you so much for the times that we have. Lord, we know that you're in control of all things. We know that this, you're not up there saying, oops, I didn't see that one. That's, that word is not on your vocabulary. You never miss a thing. And so, Lord, we just are so thankful that we are on your side, that we have our hand in your hand, and you are protecting us, and you're leading us. And, Father, we do pray for the peace of Israel today. We do pray for this gentleman that I just read about. I pray for his health. I pray for his safety. I pray, Lord, that if he doesn't, I pray that he would know that Jesus is the Messiah. God, all those Jews over there that are not Messianic Jews, God, we pray for their salvation. We pray that they would understand that their help not only comes from God, but it comes from Jesus. And we pray for our government leaders. We pray for our, the Prime Minister Netanyahu. We pray for Joe Biden, our President Biden. We pray for all of our leaders that we're making the right decisions. And I pray, God, that you would bless America again, that you would not take your hand from us, that you would bless us, help us to bless Israel so that you would bless our nation. 
and be with us, Father, and, and help us to do as Kim suggested or told us we need to evangelize. This is the time that we spread the gospel of Jesus Christ more and more in the world because your coming is soon and we want to be ready. We want to be in our ready position at any given time to welcome you back and to um, embrace you and see you face to face because that time is coming. But until that time comes, we work. We put on our working clothes and we work hard for the kingdom. And I pray your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Have a blessed day.